What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H podcast. Just myself and Jake on this rendition, and we're going to be talking about the in-season tournament because that's the buzz around the NBA at all these days. Uh, we have we actually, if you're listening live Wednesday night, we do have a full slate of non-in-season tournament games, but the in-season tournament has been electric. It's been captivating it is had my intention even since the Celtics got eliminated and we will be talking about those games as well we'll be talking about the quarter we'll be recapping the quarterfinals and previewing the semifinals in Las Vegas gonna be going over some news as well Jake I know you've been loving the in-season tournament a couple of great games last night man Where, where are you at with the tournament still loving it Oh yeah, it's been a blast, and like the, I think the best thing, like before we dive into all, because we're gonna get into every single game and then talk about the semis and everything else. Like the atmosphere was awesome at every single arena, like all yeah. four of them. Like it felt immediately like a bigger game than just a regular season game. Like you could feel the stakes, you could see like the urgency in all these yep. games from everybody. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, that I took away from the from the quarterfinals, and that's what we were hoping for, right? Like we, I think we kind of thought last week, like these, it's going to be like March, like a mini March Madness, like single elimination. Like, what's the intensity going to be like, and everything else? And the crowds came through, the players came through. It was some great, uh, great action all around. I mean, even like even Bucks Knicks, which ended up being like a little bit more of a blowout. Like we said, it was a really fun first half, really competitive game. Like you could tell the spirit was there, and the Bucks. The Bucks turned it on, like because they knew yeah. they knew that they could. Like they went, they went uh, balls to the wall there at the end to try to like get that win and knew how important it was. Um, so it was, it's been, it was a fun time. It's been a fun whole. The whole experience has been fun. The quarterfinals have been great, and tomorrow we got the semis in Vegas. I'm excited to see like the neutral site uh, at, like atmosphere, how that is. But did you see that court, Dunny? Do you see the you see the video of that court? I haven't yet. No. Oh, you did it. Okay, well, I'm going to – you you, you uh, touch on some of our news and notes, and I'm going to just bring it up for you for a surprise here. And then, uh, oh, I love you that. You can see it, yeah. We get your live Happy Hour Hoop Surprise mid-show. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, but Jake brought it up. Uh, news and notes for the week. Chris Tapp's Porzingis, if you're a Celtics fan like myself, should be returning to the Celtics lineup Friday in their game against the New York Knicks because both – of those teams lost in the quarterfinals. So Porzingis, you know, the anchor of the Celtics team this year, they've been playing much better when he's on the court. They should have him back Friday. And then Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins are both expected to return tonight or listed as probable. Um, You know, we talked about last episode, how the lows have been low for the golden state warriors. They need any, any, living bodies they can coming back and trying to trying to revive this roster um and they should be getting back paul and wiggins tonight also i think since we last recorded is when zach levine had a foot injury come up or an ankle injury that uh shams reported and said he is going to be out about a week i i don't know I, i it's pure speculation but at the time when Shams first announced that, I thought the Levine news was due to him getting traded soon and they were trying to keep him out of games. Oh, this is this is the court here. 
that's the court we we called it last week we said it's gonna be a nice nba themed and yeah it's it certainly is <laughs> it's something i mean it should be better than the pacers court that we had to see on monday night that was that that is i think one i don't know i don't know if, i've ever seen yeah i don't know if it was the worst but it was is up there for sure if you're not watching i suggest you go to the youtube and check it out but if you're listening the court is, and if you haven't seen it yet, I feel like I'm, I'm behind on this, but it's it's a base of blue, and then all the courts have the stripe going from paint to paint in the middle, and that is red with a big NBA logo and a trophy. If you middle, saw so. the uh, the Philly court, it's just the opposite of that, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, and I hated that Philly court. I can't say that I like this very much at all <laughs> but yeah i think this i think this looks better than the philly court but yeah, yeah. I, i'm with you i still don't like it but anyways uh porzingis back friday back Get back to the back to the news no more shocking shocking your eyes and your your system there <laughs> yeah it was i had to like we, we had to adjust the the lighting in the room uh monday night when we were watching that paces game we, we don't need any more of that hopefully if they make any adjustments to the to the court next year or to the tournament next year, hopefully it's the courts. But wrapping up with the news, uh, mentioned the Warriors, and then I just added in Zach Levine. Uh, we might see him back in a couple of days here because we had Shams report that he was going to be out for a week. He was going to be sidelined. I thought this might have to do with him getting traded and maybe a deal was closer than we thought. But then Shams also reported, or I don't know if it was Shams, but I saw some report that Levine um, actually isn't is isn't making other teams that all that interested as maybe was originally reported. I don't know how much of a market there is for him. Um, so yeah, I guess wait and see on Levine, and some teams should be getting some of their star players back. So that's good news. We can jump right into the to the quarterfinals recap though and I'll I'll start with I'll start with the negative for me. Celtics lost a tough one and it was it was funny because when we were previewing this game we were like oh my god the point like the pace of play is going to be insane the points they put up is going to be crazy. It was pretty modest other than Tyrese Halliburton just having the game of his life. First triple double of his career, just hitting big shot after big shot. The the it didn't end up being the dagger, but the dagger from a you know a a logical standpoint was Tyrese hitting a four point play pretty late in the fourth quarter. And this was uh yeah, as Jake's pulling up the box score here. Pacers won by ten. It was it was a real back and forth game until the fourth quarter, and then the the Pacers mostly Halliburton just came alive. I mean, my biggest thing was just the eighteen team turnovers for the Celtics. That's always going to kill them if they get yep. even close to that number. They're just not a team that can win when they turn the ball over that much, and only shot twenty nine percent from the three point line. I think those are easily the two biggest reasons. Jake, you mentioned it when we were previewing this game is, you know, the Celtics shoot so many threes. They're usually really good with that, but if they don't hit and they don't hit for a full game and you have Tyrese Halliburton on the other side, doesn't seem to matter. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the Tyrese Halliburton show. This game was a lot of fun. Admittedly, it sucked to see the Celtics lose, but 
holy shit, Tyrese Halliburton is fucking damn good. Man, I uh, it's it's crazy to see it like in a big moment like this. Like you could tell, like we talked about the atmosphere in Indiana was crazy. That crowd was raucous the whole night, even though the court was terrible. And it just felt like a big game atmosphere. And Tyrese, he showed out, man. Like he really showed up and and went, you know, shot for shot with the stars and was able to make the big plays and that clutch four point shot at the end of the game. Like that's a that's a special play to make. Like that's a there's only certain guys who can in that moment make that play and make that shot and and be able to live up to that moment. And he really did that in the, uh, in this game. Um, one thing we overlooked was the Aaron Neesmith revenge game because Neesmith was awesome <laughs> in this game too. And I was not even thinking about him uh, as a factor in that. I don't know what his stats ended up, but you could just see the impact and like he did the, the too small after the one play and everything else. Yeah. Like, was, uh, he definitely, there was a lot of juice on that team. I think one thing we also didn't talk about, well, he, he had 14 points off the bench. I mean, just look at this Pacers box score that's basically what the Pacers have been all year like they're all this whole team there's a lot of guys that can contribute a lot of guys a lot of great shooters um and they're they're playing hard under Rick Carlisle and then the the Celtics story is, has been like the starting lineup I feel like if a with a healthy Porzingis this is a different uh different game and maybe then the Celtics kind of do pull this out because I think he just makes such a huge difference to what they do and like having Al Horford in the, that's what the problem is with Al Horford in these minutes. That's why they went and got a Porzingis because you just can't expect him to be the same Al Horford all the time. And especially, I feel like Al would be, you know, a better person in like, a, in a not, just not this matchup with the Pacers. Like this is not a matchup that he was built exactly. for. Exactly. Or, you know, this whole game with this Pacers team. Um, one thing we also overlooked with this Pacers team is 10 guys on this team make under $3 million a year. Yeah. And so making 500k for this Pacers team and winning this tournament is fucking huge. Like that's that's literally yep. like it's a sixth of their their salary for the year. Like that's a huge amount and you have a Celtics team which I'm not saying the Celtics like didn't want it as much or anything, but they've got you know we know how big their payroll is. We know how much is going to their big stars and I feel like that's like talk about that and the Pelicans are pretty similar in that way too when they they had a great game the other day and they're going to face the Lakers on uh, tomorrow night like that was the impact we had all been talking about that we didn't know what it was going to be like how are they going to play when the prize is really like the money and like I think everybody's still been playing hard but you see it like manifesting with this Pacers team and with this Pelicans team like a lot of young guys a lot of guys that are like unheralded and they're going out and trying to get that money too like they're they want the recognition they want the cup but that's a good prize for them at the end of the day too yeah for sure man and I the two stats that got me from this game that were just like had me in shock was that that was Tyrese Halliburton's first career triple double. And that was only his, it was either second or third time playing in a nationally televised game. It's like, what are we doing here? That, that is Halliburton's first, I think it was their first time on TNT. They said at one point or like, their, yeah, like Halliburton's first time on there. Crazy. I think it was only their second ever on national TV. So maybe the other one was an ESPN yeah. game or something. Crazy. But it's just so nuts. And, like, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad they, they made it in this tournament. I'm almost a little glad they're advancing. Obviously, I wanted the Celtics to win. But I did say last week, if, you know, if I if I can't have it where the Celtics win, I would like the Pacers to win. So 
that part's still alive for me. But they they're just such a fun group. You mentioned Neesmith and that this game may be meaning more to the Pacers. I know it definitely meant more to him. He drafted by the Celtics, had a bit of a tough time trying to get minutes when he was on the Celtics. All of a sudden, he falls into this great opportunity on the Pacers. He gets to play alongside Halliburton. Um, he had the Jason Tatum assignment for a lot of this night, too. Like He was guarding Tatum and, and holding his own for the most part. And the craziest part about it is like other than the 18 turnovers, you know, I think obviously that's something that should never happen with uh, this experience of a Celtics team. I didn't think the Celtics played that bad. It was just like Tyrese Halliburton was going to make big shots when he made big shots. And and it just kind of came down to that. And like you said, I think they wanted a little more. They had home, they had home court advantage. And I think them wanting it a little more also showed and so we have the Pacers moving on. They you will mentioned be playing. The, you mentioned the Celtics turnovers too, which is like that's their Achilles heel as a team. Like whatever, and yes. that's going to do the Celtics in the whole season. When it, like, and that's one of their biggest issues is that they they turn the ball over way too much, and mm-hmm. uh, that came to fruition. And that's what happened in a fast paced game like that, and a team that can, you know, that just loves to push the pace, like the like the Pacers. No pun intended. It's yeah. uh, it's it's hard to to give up those possessions because they're they're going to take advantage of them. Um, but when it comes to, and when it comes to the Pacers too, like you really have to score one twenty to beat them. Like that's what that's yeah. the type of game they play every single night. So when you waste those possessions, it's really hard to make that up. And it was a three point shooting contest too. Don't get me wrong, the Pacers shot a little and, better too yeah just, they won matherin yeah. buddy healed those guys started to come alive at the end jb season here again saying the in-season tournament rocks i tend to agree yeah, it's been great so far and uh yeah so pacers move on they'll be playing the bucks in the semifinals tomorrow night and we had another game monday night was the pelicans and the kings who Basically, we we talked about this. It was mostly Steve, but like the Pelicans had all their guys for pretty much the first time this season. They got Trey Murphy the third back. CJ McCollum was healthy. Uh, Valanciunas chipped in, like, and then Brandon Ingram kind of carried the way with thirty points for the Pelicans. Trey Murphy had a massive game off the bench and his, his first action back, and they they kind of just blitzed the Kings like. I, you know, it, the game seemed at times a little closer than the, the final score. I think the same thing for the Pelicans or the Pacers and the Celtics, but Mm -hmm. the Pelicans outscored the Kings in every quarter, except for the first quarter. So the Kings kind of came out hot, but yeah, it's just a, a lot of the, like, and this is a game where Zion didn't, didn't really even show up and the Pelicans were still Mm -hmm. able to get it done. So I don't, I don't know about you, but maybe this Pelicans team is just really fucking good when they're healthy. Yeah, I was going to say that when when CJ McCollum's around, and Trey Murphy, awesome too, but when CJ McCollum yeah. is on, this, on the floor with them and he just came back last week, they are just a different team. And I think Zion said it in the offseason, like CJ, me, and BI on the floor. Like when we first got together, it was, it was scary. Like we knew it was going to be scary. And those are just, you know, the basketball IQ of CJ McCollum. Like he's, he is, a guy that 
he's a he's an insane success story in the NBA. If yeah. you really like break it down, like coming from Lehigh, small school, undersized guard, like I was gonna say, small school, Ohio, tiny player when he tiny, was first there. Yeah, and just like the reason that he has been so successful is because he's so damn smart and knew exactly how when he was in Portland knew exactly what he needed to work on to fit perfectly on that team with Dame like and they didn't have the team success they they wanted to have it's just hard to win with two ball dominant I wouldn't say CJ's ball dominant but two small guards it's just really hard to to win in the league with those guys but they what they were able to do no one it was unprecedented like no one expected them to be as consistent and as good as they were for a while and so CJ coming onto this team and bi too like ingram is ingram's scary man like I, like they like if he can just have the like it's so hard because he will have games where he disappears from night to night and you're like damn like where is this ingram but when he is hitting like and just playing in the flow of the game like he looked for most of this game he's one of the best players in the league like he really is and it's it's nice to see that like him come to fruition and kind of been coming to his own the last couple of years. And this is a scenario in a game where he can really take over and be the most impactful player on the floor. And then you talk about Zion who didn't have a great game the other night, but the threat of Zion really helps like just him being on the floor just helps them so much because you like, he just has a certain, he's going to dominate in the paint regardless or try to dominate in the paint. And that's such a certain gravity and has an effect on every defense that they go against. And it just makes them more dynamic, even if he's not particularly effective. And then and you see, like, Herb had 23. You know, like, Herb's, Herb is going to be yeah. doing his thing, and he's going to be able to have those performances on those nights too. But Zion's playing in the paint. He still was effective. You see on this, he had only had 10 points with six rebounds, six assists. Like, they're moving the ball around. A lot of guys with five and six assists. Like, they're, they move the ball a lot. They're – they're great team basketball from the Pelicans. And um, this game could have been a lot worse. Like you said, the Kings jumped out early. It was like, I think it was almost a 20 point lead early on. I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to be able to go to bed early, like yeah. get some sleep. This game will be a 30 point game. And the Pelicans were like, nah, like we're fighting back. We're coming into this. And then really just took over uh, the rest of the game, handled that second quarter went on a nice run there and then just were in control and they weathered every storm from the Kings, weathered the storm from the crowd at the end. Like it was, it was we're talking about atmospheres. It was nuts in that, in that arena. It was golden one center was rocking and the Pelicans showed a lot of, a lot of moxie and a lot of grit to get through it by the end there. Um, it's going to be a hell of a game tomorrow night with the Lakers too, because they, they, they're, they proved a lot to me. I think we, we, none of us picked the Pelicans to make the finals. We all no. we were all like, nah. I jokingly like, did. I, I mocked them. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's it was a really impressive win. Nothing to take away from the Kings. They they were they they got blitzed and they couldn't really weather the storm in this game. But it is what it is. Like the Pelicans just Pelicans came and out. Think... And when the Pelicans are at their peak, they're one of the best teams in the league. They just haven't hit that consistency like game to game yet. Yeah. And I think with the I think with the Pelicans or the Kings rather they I think they're going to find themselves in this situation a lot where Fox and Sabonis and even Malik Monk show up for them and then they don't get much contribution from anyone else. Yeah. And you know, the Pelicans I think kind of just 
played a better game than than the Kings. I think that's what it ultimately came down to. It's similar than like the Pacers. I think it seemed like they wanted it more, and then they just had you know all their guys click where. The Kings had all their guys click, and but it's the usual. Like we expect that from the Kings, and I think if they want to win a playoff series, they're going to need more from guys like Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes. Who I don't know, man. He's he's had an unbelievable drop off over the last couple of years as far as his effectiveness on the court, and he he's been in trade talks. I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved at the deadline, but. It just in big games when the Kings lose, it it always seems apparent to me that they need a little more from their reserves, role players, whatever you want to call it. And I know Malik Monk comes off the bench, but he ends up playing thirty plus minutes a lot of the time. So I I just kind of consider him a main rotation guy or a starter, sure. if you will. But yeah, I mean that was that was a great game. Kings go home. We kind of thought that this tournament was was made for the type of team like the Kings, but Pelicans said no, 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 and uh, <laughs> they're moving on. They're playing the Lakers tomorrow night, and yeah, we can we can go right into the Bucks and Knicks because this game happened the other night, or this game happened last night as well. I was saying to you before we hopped on the first half. Uh, it was pretty competitive. It was a lot of the Milwaukee Bucks getting their baskets. Dame Lillard had a really good game. Giannis had a really good game. It seems like Randall and Brunson were kind of matching in the first half whenever the Bucks hit hit some big shots or tough shots. Randall was just driving and, and getting downhill and scoring back on them. But um this 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 got out of hand, man. I think Lillard and and Giannis really stepped up and Malik Beasley had a good game as well. And I think, I think ultimately the Bucs were just too much for the Knicks, which we kind of predicted. We, we kind of thought, you know, the Bucs haven't been great in the regular season to start, but this, this tournament isn't really the type of thing that's made for the New York Knicks, at least, at least the personnel they have right now. No, they really got outmatched. And I mean, this, this Bucks offense, which has really been clicking like the first couple of games, we're like, man, like, what is the deal with Dame and Giannis? Like, I know we figured it was going to take time for them to get going, but what's going on? It's don't need to worry about that anymore. And this, the, the, they shot 60% from three and 60% from the field. Like, it's going to be damn near yeah. impossible to beat teams when they're doing that. But I don't know, I don't know what teams have the answers to stop the Bucks when they were clicking like they were in the second half. And, you know, the, the defense has, it's not what it used to be. Like, we used to think of the Bucks as, one of the best defensive teams in the league or like the best defensive team. They're, they're not that they're not going to be that it's definitely coming along though. Yeah. And that, that second half was scary. Like it, and that's the thing is like, it's the Knicks who, you know, Randall had an awesome game, but does Randall, does Randall have 40 because he's awesome or because they don't have anybody else to get 40 and they needed somebody to do it. You know what I mean? That's what it more, it feels yeah. like to me. And they really just clamped down on everything in that second half. And there were no answers from the Knicks. There was not really a good counter. Um, and the Bucks just like they jumped out, got 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 up that that lead up really quickly in the second half and just just held on to it. And the Knicks really didn't have a chance to like fight back into that game. And I don't think they had the firepower to. I think that's what it was. And that's where like the conversation we talked about a little bit earlier, where Kenny, Kenny the Jet was like, uh man like 
they're never going to have the best players on the floor in these types of big things. And it's like not no, a – They're always going to have the at, second best player. Yeah, it's not a diss at Brunson or Randall, but it kind of is because they're just not those guys. Like Randall would be best suited as a third banana. Brunson would be best suited as a second banana on these teams. That's yeah. just – that's just it. And like, that's no hate. They, they're still really good. They're still going to be, you know, all-star contention. Randall has been all NBA two of the last three years, whether we agree with that or not, like that's where he has been and the stats he's put up. But when you put him up against the Bucks of the world or the Celtics of the world, they're, you know, even the heat and like teams like that, the Cavs even like they don't have the best player on the floor. And that's yeah. really like what their biggest issue is. Like they don't have guys that you just, are like okay, well, they've got Julius Randle tonight, so I I can just you know believe in that. They really have to have a lot of things go right for them to get these wins in big spots, and it wasn't it wasn't meant to be with this Bucks team. But the Bucks just might be, they might just be with like a world beater again too, and they might just be beating up on everybody like this. Yeah, and maybe that's a testament to how good the Bucks are and how good they can be because. What you just said about the Knicks is true. It's like they need a lot of things to go their way throughout the, the course of a game. And a stat that proves that s- stuff was going their way last night but still didn't work out was – I was going to point this stat out anyway, but you kind of just laid it out perfect. Like the the New York Knicks shot 14 more free throws than the Bucs did last night. Shot a – way better percentage than the bucks from the free throw line and still you know lost by 20 plus points like it's very rare to win the free throw battle by that big of a margin and still lose and granted it is like what you said the bucks shot 60 percent from three the knicks shot 30 percent from three it only hit seven of them so it i think more than anything it was a a star power thing and that's kind of what the tnt crew was talking about but they also had some had some stuff that or things that they could have capitalized on and and just didn't. Um, and that's the Knicks. I didn't. I also jokingly said that the Knicks would go to the finals, and I was correct there. I didn't. I didn't have any confidence um, in them making a deep push in this tournament. And I didn't really have much confidence in this game. And uh, Bucks Pacers. You know, we're going to preview that in a minute, but that that's going to be. It's going to be interesting because how how different how different of teams these these two franchises are and, well, and where yeah. they're at right now and I think it's a really interesting and I maybe this is more just interesting for us who who really follow this sport on a night to night basis with everything else like the most interesting thing to me about this game is the litmus test for where the Pacers are actually at right like yeah. we saw the Pacers you know it's one thing to beat the Celtics at home without their third best player like that's you know it's an impressive win but that was a close game all the way through they hit a couple more threes you get the crazy Halliburton shot like it pretty much that was the decider it's not that it's a 10 point game on on paper that wasn't a 10 point game like that was a three point game pretty much the entire time back and forth the whole time whatever um this is different you're going to a neutral site it's two o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) Vegas time like how like can you get up for this game and and really what are they going to do with Giannis? Like I don't think the Pacers have any answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo on that roster right now, and so he's going to have his way with them. Can you weather that enough? And not even you know not even mentioning Dame, I think they'll be able to do a little bit more with him. Obviously, Bruce Brown will probably get that matchup a lot of the day and everything else. But still, man, like 
this is like this is the pacers like you want to be a contender you want to really announce yourself to the world and and announce yourself to the rest of the league like that we're here and we're serious not just about winning an nba cup but like being a top four team in the east because that's what they're that's what they're flirting with right now like this is a big chance to like show that out and i don't think this is like if they lose it's like oh man like the pacers are frauds or anything like that because we just we were just talking about how good we think the bucks are but it's a big opportunity for them and i think they know that too obviously that's that's something else that's pretty cool about this tournament too is like and maybe it just happened that way but it it seems to me that the there's no it's no mistake that the teams that made it to the knockout rounds made it there you know what i mean and so you have good yeah. teams throughout and if you get bounced like Celtics losing was disappointing yes i could say you know they didn't have porzingis and we didn't have home court advantage of course those both those things are true but it's also you don't feel bad about getting bounced in this tournament because it's like it's single elimination and all these teams are really fucking good like you just said, like if the Pacers lose to the Bucs, it's like they should they should still feel good about what they accomplished in this tournament. They beat the Celtics and they went, you know, toe to toe. If if they lose, I'm I'm gonna predict that it's close to the uh to the Milwaukee Bucks. So yeah, it, it's it's interesting from that sense too, because like getting sent home in this tournament, it's like, well, you still you know, you still were better than eighty percent of the league and made it to this portion and you know, are part of the first in season tournament ever. So yeah, I, the more uh the the wrinkles break down in this tournament and the more the further we get into it uh, the more I, I continue to like it which is awesome oh yeah um and we have one last game from the knockout rounds by far the closest game by far the most controversial as well kd versus lebron bowl the lakers versus the suns kd and lebron both had 31 points in a three-point victory for the lakers Anthony Davis, you know, I I had that little note about Braun and KD. Have to mention AD. He was he was great last night as well. Twenty seven points, fifteen rebounds, and the ball at the end of the game was a loose ball. Jake, did the Suns get robbed? Oh, a hundred percent. It was so bad in the moment. I'm sitting there watching this and was shocked. Like genuinely, yeah. and I'm cheering for the Lakers, obviously, like hoping that they win. And I'm genuinely shocked in the moment that they give them that timeout. And then you see the slow-mo and you just see LeBron James in the referee's face in this exact moment. And you see how this happens. Like LeBron, it's like it was literally like it felt like a culmination of LeBron's career of bitching at the refs to come together in this moment. Like there's yeah. one man in the NBA who could get that timeout call in that moment and not, and get away with it without an argument, without anything else, whatever. And it's LeBron James. And that's, that was it. Like that's, that's what happened. The Suns definitely got, got screwed in that moment. Like Reeves had Reeves. I wouldn't have even granted the timeout like a second before that. Like once he's getting yeah. doubled and they have their hands on the ball, like that he shouldn't have been granted a timeout at all. And, and so and the point that you see LeBron actually call the timeout, the ball's already rolling, like, on the ground. Like, it's very – like, in in the moment, I guess, fast pace, maybe you give it – maybe you don't realize that. But even then, it does – like, the sequence of events doesn't make sense because you would see the ball before you'd see LeBron, like, calling for exactly. a timeout. Unless he's, like, 
And that's the thing is like we see all this on camera, so like you can't even say like, oh, LeBron was yelling right away. Like LeBron was not doing anything, and no, he made yeah, the motion before he even did anything, like before he even said a word. So there's nothing that they could they could get away with. It the Suns just got screwed, and that's a that the, the that's that Lakers sometimes. exceptionalism, like as much yeah. as anything else. We knew that. You know, even KD after the game was like, you know, I feel good about the Lakers' chances going forward. They got the shortest flight. They got this thing. Like, everything is going in the Lakers' favor, and that that was, like, the biggest microcosm of it. And it's disappointing that that's the first – we have to talk about it as the first thing, but it's disappointing that we have to talk about it as the first thing because this was a fuck – it felt like an NBA Finals game the whole time, like the way it was back and forth. And then look at that fourth quarter. 23 to 21 like that's what it felt like like every possession mattered in that fourth quarter so then to have it end like that it was just like a like a bad just a bad ending to what was a great game but it doesn't mean that the lakers didn't just both those teams honestly deserve to win that game it was a battle back and forth and lebron and kd just going at it but kd man the shot making that kevin durant can still do right now is insane like some of those three like did you think he was missing that three at the end? Like it was an air ball and it was a tough shot and everything, but I really thought he's pulling up and like cashing this. Like it was, yeah, that's how he was cooking the whole night. And it was really impressive to see him do that again. My, uh, my favorite KD play from last night was when he, he faked, I think he, I don't know if it was a three or a deep two, but he faked a jumper on the right side and drove to the hoop. And D'Angelo Russell tried to take a charge on his dunk attempt and in the air, KD just like somehow slipped out of the way, didn't make any contact with D'Angelo Russell, and still and still was able to dunk it. Um, but you're right; it was it was just so vintage LeBron, vintage KD. It it sucked that that is what everyone talks about. I it, it's just so crazy to me because, and you know, I everyone is obviously going to talk about it, like you said. Um, the game was better than just a missed call, but you know, Booker. I thought was pretty professional about it at the end of the game. He's like, it sucks. Like calls get missed, but when it's that obvious, um, you know, it, it just hurts. And he was like the whole world seen it, which is true. Like you, the, the video, the angle of it is clear as day. And the weirdest part is like, if the whistle was blown there at all, it should have been for a jump ball. Cause like you said, it was, it was tied up more than it was in the Lakers hands. And then ultimately the ball was loose. So they, at the very least, they should have got a jump ball in their end. And then if you let it go with no whistle, the Suns would have had the ball right under the basket that they're trying to score on. So it, I think it just it double hurts for the Suns just because of the circumstances that would have happened if, if a, a whistle wasn't blown there at all. Um, but yeah, you got to live with it. We kind of talked about the Lakers seem to have the most motivation. LeBron definitely wants to win this. Uh, I heard Pat Bev and Rowan talking about this on their podcast, but like this is just one one more thing LeBron can add to his legacy. Like Jordan doesn't have an in season tournament championship, so so the, the the naysayers can't go to that when when arguing LeBron or Jordan. But no, it's cool, man. I think I think the Lakers have that's what he wants, bro. Like he's gonna like you know in his in his documentary he's gonna be like and. The first ever NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I think they right now, 
I like their chances. Just I think LeBron's overly motivated, and usually, if one LeBron James is overly motivated about something, it tends to work out for him. That's so true. he we'll had a see, bar man. last night. Did you see his after the, in the media scrum afterwards? I don't think so. No. He said, uh, he said, they say father time is undefeated. I'm trying to give him one loss. Oh, yes. I didn't, I didn't see video of it, but I saw, I saw that quote written out this morning. That's awesome. That's a great, yeah, that's a great quote. And he, like, I think it was, I don't remember what the exact stat line was. I saw the little thing. It was like the first 30, 10, and 5 in one game or whatever the thing was since Magic Johnson in 1987, like prime Magic Johnson. Like, he is doing things. He, his game obviously wasn't as efficient as KD's last night, which is why I wanted to give KD the credit for like how awesome he was. But the fact that LeBron is doing this at 38 years old and is leading this team, like like AD played awesome too, but AD's not doing that shit without the way LeBron's playing. Like we know that about the Lakers at this point. It's crazy that he's still doing this. He can't get that tweet is from like 2015 that this fuckery can't go on for much longer. And it's eight years. It's about to be nine years later. Like I did not in my wildest imaginations as a lifelong LeBron James fan did not think that in the year 2024, we would still be talking about LeBron James, like all NBA level NBA final contender. Like it's just not, never would have imagined it. Never would have imagined it. So it's crazy to see. Yeah, I saw today that LeBron is fifth in the league in minutes played, and he's about to turn 39 this month. <laughs> my knee my knee has been hurting from uh, slow pitch softball from two months ago. For like, <laughs> like It's still like I wake up and it still feels a little, you got to stretch it out a little bit. It, it makes no sense what he's doing at all. Oh my God, man! Yeah, it's 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 the greatness, man. We're we're watching it, and uh, you know, if you're if you're the person who just constantly has to hate on LeBron, you only have so much time left. And if you're the person who enjoys watching him play, you only have so much time left. So, yeah. Um, shout out LeBron, man, and shout out the Lakers. Let's you know, let's start with the the Western Conference preview since we're already talking about the Lakers. Okay. Lakers, Pelicans. Um, this is more interesting to me than the Eastern Conference side of it because I just really have no fucking clue. Like, I didn't have a clue that the Pelicans were going to look that good when Trey Murphy and, and the rest of their guys got healthy. And the Lakers, I mean, they, they are what they are. When, the, when LeBron and AD both show up, they seem unbeatable. And then you have the occasional D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves game. And we know what those guys can do. But do the Lakers have the defensive fight and firepower? And is AD going to show up for a full game to fend off Zion, Brandon Ingram, and the rest of this Pelican squad who can really do it all? Um, and and I, it has me thinking, I don't know. I, I think the Lakers – I would probably give them the slight edge. I think the Lakers have the edge over the Pelicans, but you know, you saw you saw Charles Barkley bring it up the other night. Like he thinks Brandon Ingram's going to have an absolute game against his former team in the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and then you know, obviously the the rest of the guys. What's Slick saying here in the chat? The NBA Cup is the only trophy. He's, he's out here hating the documentary. The, the the documentary will be will be special. It will be. Um, yeah, 
No, it's just I, I'm I'm very curious. What, what's your what's your take on this Pelicans Lakers matchup we're gonna get? I the Pelicans are just such a mystery to me, so it's leaving this matchup a mystery. I yeah, I think the Pelicans on the floor. I really think that they're they're a tough matchup for the Lakers too, right? Because yeah. uh, AD is gonna have trouble with with Zion. Both of them are gonna have like cancel each other out. Zion and AD and Valanciunas. Like it, that, that size will give the Lakers issues, and it has given them issues this year more than more than other years. Um, but the the Pelicans don't have an answer for LeBron at all. Like that's there's there's nothing that they can really like. Herb, I guess, will make him work, but I just don't think that he's gonna make like even if, if like we saw LeBron twelve twenty five the other night. It's not like he was super efficient, but if he has games like that where he's impacting everything. Um, he's still going to be able to this. This is that where the team is going to be most effective. I really like. I want to say that I think the Pelicans are going to win this game. I really do. We talked about the uh, the um, the money like at stake, and just that the Pelicans have a lot of guys that aren't making a ton. Like there are a lot of newer guys, like a lot of young guys on this team. You got. Talking about like Jose Alvarado, like level guys who just have come in like and are scrappy and don't have these big deals and everything. I think they left like eight guys under like four million or five million. I can't remember what it was to tweet the other day. So like, what is that motivation factor go into it? But also we talked about LeBron's motivation factor and he seems like he's really locked in on getting this first NBA cup and being that being making history that way. And I just, I don't want to bring it up, but the, the calls are going to go to Lakers way in this game. Yeah. Every call, like there's no way, like it doesn't matter if it's the Lakers Pacers or Lakers Bucks. I think, I think this game will be the, will be the worst of this whole tournament. And that if LeBron gets touched, he's going to the line. If AD gets touched, he's going to the line. Like the, they're going to favor the Lakers, whatever that goes. Can the Pelicans weather that storm? Yes, definitely. They can. Um, But that's just the biggest thing I'm looking out for in this matchup is because the Lakers are, and it's basically going to be, we talked about what the atmosphere is going to be like. It's going to be a Lakers home game. It's going to yeah, be mostly Lakers fans probably. in Vegas for, for this. I imagine both games, like it's the easiest flight. They have the best, they have the biggest, these are three extremely small markets in the Los Angeles Lakers left. Yeah. It's going to be like all Lakers fans at the rest of this tournament. So that's like a factor you have to go into it. It's basically like they're going into Staples and have to win this game and you have to win a game seven against LeBron James. Like that's, that's a tall task. So I think the Pelicans like on paper and the way that I look at the basketball situation, I like the Pelicans team more than I like the Lakers. And I'm, I think we've been pretty high on the Pelicans the last couple of years. I know I've been pretty high I wanted to, before their injuries last year, really thought that they could be one of the best teams in the West and they look when they're healthy like they are. But that's just a tough ask in a one-game environment and essentially a road game against the Lakers. So I think I'm leaning Lakers here. I really do. Yeah, I'm leaning the same way. And I just like a lot of the same reasons you do. I think the Pelicans front court should give the Lakers some issues, but I just, I don't know on the Pelicans who's checking LeBron if he, if he stays this motivated and is as locked in as he was the other night, like Herb Jones, Zion, I'm sure, you know, there might be certain possessions where those guys get the best of LeBron, but no one on the Pelicans is getting the best of LeBron for, for a full game. 
And um, I think the Pelicans will probably need to shoot the lights out in order to beat the Lakers, which is possible. I mean, they have the shooting. They have that kind of run and gun style of play. But yeah, I'm going Lakers here. Can move over to the other side now, see who the Lakers potentially might be playing. The Pel or the Bucks versus the Pacers. You know, we already talked about both these teams. Said so we're gonna be talking about them some more. This is it's it's pretty similar to the Lakers Pelicans for me, too. It's like Pacers, I have a little bit of a better understanding than the Pelicans. They're a young team, but I, I think I understand that how good they are. But if Derek White and Drew Holiday had the amount of problems that they had with Tyrese Halliburton, who on the Bucks is going to be able to check Tyrese Halliburton? Like Damian Lillard at this point in his career cannot check Tyrese Halliburton. And then on the flip side, I don't know if there's anyone on the Pacers that can match up with Giannis. So, you know, this could be the matchup that we end up seeing is, you know, has 250 point over under or something like that. But I don't know. Where, where are you at with Bucks Pacers? Early thoughts. Yeah, this first to 140. Like you said, like yeah. first to one fifty, something like that. That's that's what I. It's gonna be a track meet up and down. I think this is the Bucks. I, I really think the Lakers Pelicans is gonna be a closer game. I, I don't know what the Pacers are gonna do with Giannis. Yeah, like, I just that's, don't. That's, that's the, the it, it's really really tough to see how they slow him down at all. And it's like it's kind of the same. It's not the same issue that the Knicks had, but like I'm as great as Halliburton is and as fun as this team has been, I feel like it's just too much to ask. Now they did lose um, to the Pacers last month by two in Indiana. And that's the game that Giannis had 54. Uh, there was no uh, Dame did not play in that game. He was, I don't think he was like official DNP, but he didn't dress it when he was maybe, maybe it was a rest day. I don't remember why he was out exactly, but they did lose that game by two without Dame. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like with Dame, with whatever the, the – I don't know what the atmosphere – we were talking about this earlier too. Like, I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like at 2 o'clock <laughs> Pacific time yeah. in Vegas for this game. Like, is it going to be full? Like, is it going to be like half full? Is it going to be like a little sleepy? It's a weird start time. Like, even even East Coast time, it's 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock Central for uh, for the Bucks. Like – a weird start time on a thursday afternoon so i wonder if that has any effect on these guys and so all those factors i just lean towards who i think is ultimately the better team and i think the bucks are are the best team uh left in this tournament right now and i'm just gonna roll with them but i do think the pacers are gonna put up a nice fight in this and they really like the thing is that the pacers if the they really have to shoot like 48% from three in this game. Like they need, and the thing is that the Bucks might do that too. We just saw that the say, other night. If the, <laughs> it might if not the Bucks matter. do what they did, that might not be enough. <laughs> and that's what it means. Like, I feel like the, the Pacers match up really well with like the Celtics and the Cavs and the Heats of the world. But when you throw Giannis and Dame out there and what they've been able to do, and then like Brooke Lopez, the way he's kind of come on, like we talked about last week, it's a really tough matchup for the Pacers. And I think that that game a couple weeks ago, when you see Giannis gets 54 without Dave on the floor, 
and you know it's a two-point game and everything else and now they know what to expect like they're not going to be surprised by this Pacers team at all you add in the motivation factor yeah I think this is going to be the Bucks. I, I think it's going to be tough for the Pacers to get over that but I don't want to doubt the Pacers because like this team has been exceeding everybody's expectations all year obviously yeah I I think I'm just rolling with the Pacers just because I want I want to see them win more they beat the Celtics I don't want to see the the Bucks win um so that's it's kind of my heart answer and just the the shots I saw Halliburton hitting the other night if he's anywhere close to that I I, I just can't see them losing I'm going Pacers mostly because I I think it would also be the coolest to see this group win and see Tyrese win this the first NBA Cup um this season with how how young their group is but I mean it's it should be an absolutely fantastic two games in the semis and then the finals. I mean, it's going to be great. Finals are obviously the teams are TBD, but it's supposed to be Saturday night, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's correct. Yes. So, you know, make your clear your schedule for Saturday and, and sit down and watch watch to find out who wins this NBA Cup. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be – I mean – no matter what the matchup is here, it's going to be a great game Saturday night. If it's Lakers Bucks Saturday night, that is a dream for the, for the NBA for NBA fans. Like everything that could go into the two days of hype for that game, it, it and just the the star power and just everything else. Like I'll, I'll be excited about anything, but a Bucks Lakers matchup would be like Adam Silver's ultimate dream scenario for for the nba cup in vegas you know you got Giannis versus lebron like like we might never get to see them in a bigger matchup than this we're never like unless they play in the finals obviously this would be like the biggest head-to-head matchup and to see what that environment will be like will be like with lakers and bucks fans and just knowing like what those two teams have been the last couple years not that it won't be as exciting with the pacers and pelicans but there will be significantly less juice like from a casual fan standpoint if those are the two teams that's no hate like we're gonna be locked in no matter what and it might be a better basketball game honestly between those two teams those are two really exciting teams but man if it's big if it's bucks lakers can't be mad at that at all man that yeah I don't think you know they'd have to worry about the the ratings as much as we were talking about on Monday night. If the if uh if that's the case, it's also no NFL to compete with on Saturday, like on, on Monday night. So may, maybe the ratings will get a little bump there. Yeah, I'm excited. I think any any combination of teams at this point, especially you know after being pleasantly surprised by the Pelicans, um, I won't be upset. That that's a good point. I guess that will be my silver lining if the Bucks win and beat the Pacers. That Bucks Bucks Lakers would be sensational. Um. So yeah, we're we're hoping for some more good games here. We have a full slate of NBA games tonight. If you are deprived from the tournament and just need some a better basketball, I'm trying to think of some good game Nuggets Clippers. I know is the late game. That should be a good one. I think we have uh, Wemby versus Anthony Edwards tonight, too. Spurs, Timberwolves, that should be great if you're watching or listening live. But, yeah, I think that'll do it. Jake, you got anything else NBA-related or not? 
anything you want to get off your chest? Nah. Uh, every, everything, uh, well, JBC is trying to trigger me right now with the Magic Cavs. I, that oh, yes. sounds terrible to me, honestly. I am going to watch that in, in a couple minutes and see what my Cleveland Cavaliers do. Um, I, don't have any, I don't have any comments on the Cavs. I'm, I'm avoiding <laughs> talking about them as long as we possibly can. They're, oh, they're, they're a broken basketball team, I think. That's my opinion on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have one one last thing that I just saw on Twitter before we before we hop off here. Apparently, the NBA is preventing the Lakers from wearing their black uniforms due to visual contrast concerns <laughs> with the new design of the semifinals court in Las Vegas. So, what the, is black wrong with blue and red? I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah, maybe maybe the Lakers don't have the easiest path, man. They can't wear their their uniforms. Now they're they just won't. like listen, listen, like. We like those black jerseys, whatever, but it's the in-season tournament. You're wearing Lakers gold the whole time. And that's, and apparently, that's better. I, we, they should be in the gold. If we're yeah, they that, should. Yeah, it's a better look. The The winner of the tournament just continues to be the courts, though. This they, The courts really hold all the power in this tournament. <laughs> they really Who would have thought just, everything we talk about would just be centered around the courts? <laughs> There's probably been more publications written about the courts than the actual play. There's there's probably been more just verbal dialogue about the courts than the actual that play. That court now. is horrible, bro. And now they're and now they're changing uniforms. That's how powerful the courts are. I, I that blue and red is just it's yeah, it's tough. pretty bad. It's tough. It's the only bad, thing that's man. worse is the Lakers court. Like from like that, the Lakers. I'm so glad I don't ever have to see that Lakers in season tournament court again. Yeah, that that yellow is just tough. The Pelicans was really bad. The Pacers was really bad. Yeah, the red and blue, yeah. like the 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 Bucks did it right. The Bucks had the normal ass court, and then just like the blue or green like strip down the middle. That was lovely. Yeah, I was like this is great. This is this looks normal. Looks like a basketball game going on. The Celtics had a, I like the Celtics. Like the darker yeah. colors worked. That's better. what I mean. We just just some more neutral colors. You don't yeah. need to reinvent the wheel here. With, the Jazz with was good. The Jazz was the Jazz was solid. The Sixers was terrible. Yeah, that Sixers. Yeah, that's like what we're red. saying. It the really Sixers. looks like some AAU courts. Like you know how you see yeah. those, like those shiny like, but the AAU courts. I feel like they're black and like gray with like red. And or stuff like that. or it's like looks like someone that fell into dumb money and bought a basketball court for their house, <laughs> and they're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint I'm gonna it red. Though. Red court. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I thought you were gonna say like it's also like if you play my team on. Uh, on 2k or anything yes. like that there are some courts that you get in there and the park courts are like yeah happening yeah <laughs> and then you're but playing hey, against someone who's seven five with pink hair and a backpack <laughs> we do know it's the nba in-season tournament though that they, yeah they're, they they're getting that, a, that point across they made that abundantly clear <laughs> with the courts um but, so yeah if you were if you were expecting the black uniforms for the lakers to to round up the tournament, you won't be seeing them. Apparently, there's one comment from a Lakers player, and it does. It's an anonymous, but it just says one Lakers player response. That's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're not they're not too thrilled that they can't wear their black uniforms, but they'll be playing nevertheless tomorrow against the Pelicans, Pacers, Bucks. Also tomorrow. Don't forget to follow Trainwreck Sports on all socials. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. JBC is signing us off with the Bulls not winning the cup, but the finals. 
not off limits. I don't know so, what finals he's talking about. <laughs> hopefully not the NBA <laughs> finals. You can't mean that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us guys, for Jake, myself. Enjoy the NBA.